Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 78. Hello, friends. Oh my goodness, it feels so good to be back. It's been a few weeks since my last podcast, and a lot of life has happened since then. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, no, not on Instagram so much, maybe, but also in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group, um, you will know that I actually went and spent a couple weeks at my dad's in Idaho taking care of him because he was hospitalized with COVID. He was vaccinated. It was a breakthrough infection. So get those booster shots, people. (laughs) I feel like depending on where you are, if you got vaccinated kind of as soon as you could, it's time to get a booster. So, and as it, I feel like through divine intervention, I had actually gotten a booster on Monday, and then a week later, I was flying into Idaho, walking into a situation where I I knew my dad was still contagious with COVID, and um, so that luckily worked out really well. Um, So anyways, that was, um, I wasn't sure how, I bought a one-way ticket. I wasn't even sure how long I was going to go. I wasn't sure how he was going to um, recover. He's, um, you know, he's in his 80s. And so, um, you know, you just, you kind of don't know. But he did great. He did great. Um, I actually got myself tested twice for COVID while I was there. Just, um, it's kind of allergy season. So, you know, a lot of symptoms that are kind of allergies, you know, you start to cough and and feel a little weird in your lungs and stuff. So I I was very careful. But luckily that worked out okay. And, um, all in all, he did great. Um, it was fun to take care of him and to do some good cooking and, um, you know, just share that time, that kind of bonus time with my dad. We do see him, you know, a few times a year. So it's not like I haven't seen him for a long time. I just spent, um, a week with him at the lake house in the summer, but just, you know, just me and him in his home. Cause when, you know, when he comes here, he's in our home and, and you know, so he's not kind of in his normal routine. I have to say Um, one of the things I was so grateful for is that um, my job is a job that I can do from anywhere. So all I had to do was pack up a computer and I set it up in his front room so that um, during the day he could just be in his, you know, his family room and his recliner, watching his shows, taking lots of naps. Um, And I was just working in the other room and, uh, and, you know, to modern technology (laughs) such you know sometimes it's a curse but so often it is also a blessing but yeah I felt like I just got you know this bonus two weeks with my dad at this this point in his life and um and it was it was really fun we had lots of good talks and um I will talk about it more when we get to the um the tv section but yeah I got to kind of just jump in on the types of shows that my dad likes which overlaps a lot um, with what I like to watch. If you've listened for a while, you'll know that it was my dad that got me into Jeffrey Archer when I was in college. I'll talk about that more later too. Um, and uh, so we definitely have very, very similar taste um, in that way. Another blessing um, of, of him needing me at this time is, you know, we are empty nesters. And so it was not a big deal also for me to just pick up and go as it would have been when I had younger kids. So I'm just, you know, trying to find the, the silver lining in these things. Um, I was actually gone for three out of four weeks. I traveled a week for business, was home for a week, and then two weeks gone with my dad. And so um, while I was um, helping my dad out, all three of my kids um, hopped on a train and came and stayed with my husband for a couple of days, you know, like a long weekend, which was um, really nice. Um, we had a FaceTime dinner. <laughs> they put me on the, on the iPad at my place and so we got to have dinner together and he's a great cook um he's really I like to say he's the real cook in the family and um so he just filled them up with you know tri-tip and shrimp and pasta just like all kinds of really good home cooking which all three of them um have been missing so that was that was really nice and made me just uh, feel good that that kind of gave him a little bit break of a break from just being home alone all the time 
The other fun thing that has happened around here is um, as soon as I got back, we started looking for a rescue dog. Um, if you've been around here for a while, you will know that our beloved dog, Teddy, who we had for, I think it was 14 years, passed away in June. And then frankly, in March before that, we lost our cat, Tiger. So in the in beginning of March, three kids home, two pets. By September, just me and my husband. So there, it was a summer of change. So we decided that um, at, at first I was like, I don't know if I ever want another pet again. I just, I can't go through this heartbreak. This is too hard. But, and, and we also were like, okay, we've got some independence. We have in 15 years not been able to just go on vacation or just go for a long weekend or leave for the day without making arrangements for a pet. Um, but ultimately, we just started talking about it and decided that um, the, and I say this with air quotes, inconvenience of having to deal with that is, um, you know, does not outweigh the joy of having a pet in your life. So we checked out um, some pets last weekend and nothing, nothing was quite right. And we really tried to go into it with a, um, we have to be willing to just to walk away if it's not the right situation. And um and kept doing, you know, some research through um, Pet Finder and AdoptAPet.com. And we found um, a little rescue dog on Thursday. And so she's a, um, we've named her Bailey. She's a little terrier mix. You know, it's a rescue dog, so you don't really know. Um, if you are of, of a certain age, she looks like Benji, <laughs> which just makes my little eight-year-old self so happy. When I was eight and that movie came out, I wanted nothing more in life than a dog that looked like Benji. And I wanted to name them Scruffy. And I wrote many, many short stories about this in school. <laughs> about my dog Scruffy and uh, we actually considered naming her Scruffy because it just was so perfect but um, the kids we, we were sending pictures and they were all weighing in with names and we tried out a few names and realized I really wanted to name her Rory she's kind of reddish and um, but I just thought that seemed so perfect but when you just yell it out loud to call it, I just didn't fit, you know, you just got to try stuff out, right? So anyways, so we have Bailey and she's a very different dog than we've had before. She definitely needs some training and she's a little more fearful, but, um, as I'm recording this Sunday and we got her Thursday afternoon, so she's still very new to the house and I'm looking at a gazillion dog training videos and it's been a while since we've had a new dog. Um, but she is definitely opening up and, and being more, she's very affectionate, which is what really stole our hearts. But now she's, um, she's playing fetch and she's running around and just, you know, obviously settling in. And so super, super excited about that. My new favorite dog training, um, YouTube channel is called Zach George's dog training revolution. And, um, so if you have a dog that you're interested to check that out, but if you guys have any um, dog trainers, you know, like YouTube video type things um, that you really like, please let me know about that because I just, you know, I'm just in that information absorbing phase right now. So, um, so anyway, so I was able to take care of my dad. Now we got a new little doggy to love. She's about a year old. Um, so I was just super excited about all of that. That said, let me um, now tell you about the cup of tea that I'm drinking. I think I talked about it last podcast, but I'm still completely in love with it. It is, it's from Harney and Sons, my favorite. Not a sponsor of the podcast, though I wish they were. Um, it's called Cherry Blossom, a delicate green tea with springtime cherries. Um, it's a very lightly flavored green tea. It's just so perfect for um, my morning cup of tea, which I usually have around nine o'clock after <laughs> my two cups of morning coffee. Um, and it comes in the super cute pink tin that's in it. I'm, I'm using the, the sachets, um, which is loose leaf tea in a high quality tea bag. And I'm just going to have to come up with something to use this um, tin for. That's the, the thing is they have these great tins and you just, you know, as a sewing person, you know, you know, you can keep notions in them. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to I kind of have a lot of them now. <laughs> <laughs> I really should like plant succulents in them or something like that. But anyways, loving the Harney and Sons cherry blossom. And uh, I need to keep buying some new teas to talk to you guys about. They've got a whole bunch of new ones um, that are a little more like earthy, a little more like fighting the menopause, stuff like that. So I'll, uh, I'll stay on that for you. 
And I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. As you know, I love the Fat Quarter Shop. They have the biggest selection of quilt fabrics. They've got all the big names, all the new lines, all of the basics. I love actually just ordering um, like five yards at a time, um, you know, quilt backgrounds, whites, off-whites, all the solids that you need. Um, Absolutely love them. They have the best customer service fast shipping and I just can't say enough good things about them. One of the things that I love about them is there's always something going on. There's always a quilt along, a charity quilt along. I talked about that last week, a block of the month, stuff like that. And I just think it is so fun to find your community of other quilters um, through doing the same kinds of patterns. Today I wanted to talk about the Rose and Bloom block of the month. I've talked about it before, but I have the pattern in my hands now. It's from Vanessa Gertzen of Lella Boutique. And if you have seen her um, fabric, I am, she just completely encapsulates my style. I love it. And the Rose and Bloom is a block of the month. It's starting in December and it goes into like June of 2022. And this is a an awesome block of the month. If you are looking for a, um, a fun sort of easy quilt skill builder, you want to um, quilt along with someone else who is interested in quilting, this is such a great block of the month because it really takes a lot of, um, of your standard traditional quilt blocks, does them in a fun way, and then puts them together in a quilt that looks way more complicated than it really is. So it's using blocks like one month is the plus block, another one is a bow block, a pinwheel block, a sawtooth star block and you just you know you make them you make a few of them each month you got the month to do it and then you put them together in this amazing pattern that you would never guess was built from such standard units so i am absolutely loving the rose and bloom block of the month they also have a bunch of great gifts for yourself or the quilter in your life um last last podcast i talked about the Lori holt um quilt planner super cute i'm doing a giveaway on that you will actually see a few giveaways from me with some of their fun things like this water cup i'm drinking out of it's the also Lori holt um it's a tumbler an insulated tumbler the type that get a little narrower so it fits in your car really well and i've been obsessed with this tumbler all week and i'm drinking my soda stream um bubbly water out of it right now so i'll be doing a giveaway for that too just i'll talk about the giveaways later there's going to be lots of giveaways in the coming week so make sure you follow me on instagram because that's the easiest way for me to do a giveaway but so they have just the the notions and um, little fun things like you know tote bags and tumblers and um, planners and, and things like that so um, stay tuned for that and there will be a link in the show notes to the fat quarter shop that just handles all of your online quilting needs okay let's talk quilting now what have you been working on I love um, over in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group when we share the projects we're working on. I am always so inspired by you guys, especially when I'm not doing a lot of sewing myself. Um, Being out of town for the last, you know, like three out of four weeks, um, I've been doing more knitting than sewing, but um, I am plugging away on, um, (laughs) last time I talked about doing the white binding on my Cabin Valley quilt. And so this week I made the binding and last night I sewed it on so I could just sit there and, um, and hand stitch it, you know, as we're watching TV or whatever. And here I really need to get it into some good light, but I, I mentioned that sometimes from Fat Quarter Shop, I just buy like five yards of my, my, some of my favorite background fabrics, Motobella Solids. 97 and 98 one's a whiter white and one's a little bit more off-white don't ask me which and i just need to get this straight in my head i at one point made little swatches and i took those down when my son used my sewing room as his um as his desk during the pandemic but anyways um i think you might know where this is going is i picked up the fabric that was just on my sewing table sewed it on and then when i was straightening up i found the other you know white fabric and thought oh actually that what I made the the binding from there was a lot of that but I've already used like I obviously the 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 
background that I used is the smaller amount of fabric. So that I, I've, I sewed the wrong color white on and I need to get it into some light to see if it matters. Would this bother you? Um, I think it would bother me, sadly. And I'm bummed because it took me so long to just go, okay, I'm going to use the white. I'm just going to do this and to now think that I've got to tear it all off. I'm a little bummed about that. Um, but anyways, so was ready to do that. Might have to wait. I'm also still working on the scrap quilt I've talked about um, for the, the last few episodes. And that's been fun. So I'm using this um, this big color wheel that uh, I got from CNT Publishing. And it's just it shows shades and it shows hues you know where you mix it you know it's a color that's either mixed with white or with black you know those types of things and I'm able to pull out my I want to call them my scraps but there's just really my stash and what I'm trying to do is every block um I think I, I think it's tw I want to use 12 different prints in the same color family so 12 different aqua prints 12 different pink prints and I don't always have that so I've repeated a few but I've re I really I've realized I don't like seeing that fabric more than once in it um, but it is so nice to be able to pull this these um, fabric out and go okay I'm going for pink so this is the pink I'm laying it on the color wheel and every pink I can see oh this is more this goes more blue this more goes more purple this you know you can really see that all pinks are not the same all blues are not the same I mean we know that but it's very easy when you've got the color wheel laid out to figure out which direction it's going and why it's not working and what is close enough and what is a step too far so um i started sewing up that pink block yesterday and i'm just gonna as um you know as time goes on i'm just gonna go okay now i'm gonna make a navy block now i'm gonna make a green block i'm just gonna do them one at a time and it seems super doable and a fun way to just uh, get into my sewing room every evening sometimes i feel a resistance for that and what I've really realized is I need to have a very clear objective when I go in there. So if, if to, like today, I'm going to sew the other half of my half square triangles. And if I'm still feeling it after that, then I'll start sewing these units together. And when that unit is done, when that block is done, then I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to pull out the green. And, then, and tonight, I'm just, all I'm going to do is I'm going to find my 12 prints. And I, I need those little bite size um, clear objectives to overcome my like, I mean, I know that I love to sew, but weirdly, there's this weird psychology of, of overcoming the inertia of getting in there and, and sewing. So, but it is, um, it's the 21st of November, 2021. We are headed into Thanksgiving week, which is why I'm so bummed that I might have to redo that binding because I wanted to clear up that table for my, my, when my kids is coming home, he's going to need a place to do homework and that's my sewing space. So I'm going to have to figure that out today. Anyways, um, here's a question for you guys. Do you make Christmas gifts? Um, do you make Christmas quilts? Like, are you, are you in the, oh my gosh, Christmas is coming. I need to, um, or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. Yeah. I need to start making these gifts. Are, do you make them before? I have a rule. I, I don't make, <laughs> I don't make like quilts as gifts for birthdays or Christmas or something like that. I get, I make quilts and I give them away, but I do it for no reason. Um, like there's just, that's my thing because I don't like to feel pressured. And so, um, if I'm going to do any Christmas sewing and I have, I've made us, um, stockings, I have made a gazillion table runners and coasters and things like that. And I do enjoy doing that, but I need to do it in a way for myself that it's no big deal. If I don't, you know, it's just, it's like for us, if I don't finish it, it's no big deal. If I finish it in January, not a big deal. Um, I need my quilting life to be not stressful because it's a hobby. It's a hobby. So I'm just curious. Um, you know, so let me know however you want uh, Instagram, um, show notes, just comment on that, whatever you want to do. But, and I'll probably put a question in the Facebook group, just, you know, what's your philosophy about, um, sewing gifts at this time of year? Is this something you're into? Is it bring you joy or does it completely stress you out? And speaking of ways to not be stressed out about things, this whole episode is going to be a lot about um, me talking about things that I'm just kind of really loving right now that for what it's worth might be a good gift for yourself. I'm all about giving my family lists of exactly what I want. 
<laughs> I'm also more uh, likely at this point in the fact that I have a job to just buy them myself. But when it comes around Christmas, I start to put together some lists of things. Um, and so this would be something I would ask for. And um, it would also be a great gift for a, if you have another quilter in your life. So this is um, from A Quilting Life from Sherry McConnell, A Quilting Life Planner and Workbook your how-to guide to getting and staying organized. So you probably know Sherry McConnell. She is a Moda fabric designer with her daughter, Chelsea, Sherry and Chelsea. She has a Quilting Life blog, um, podcast, video podcast with her, her daughter too. And she is, um, you know, she's an organization queen. I just, I love everything about her. So... Let me just, I want to just talk to you about this planner. And it's its not like just your normal, um, you know, quilt organizer. There's so much more to it because she really understands organizational systems. Um, I'm just going to flip through and kind of tell you parts about this. One thing I always like to say about Sherry is because she's a fabric designer and she... Um, she designs quilts to show off her fabric line. And so if you, she, if you ever have a fat quarter pile, you know, a, a fat quarter stack of, um, what's that called? A fat quarter collection. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> of a full fabric collection. And you're not sure how to use all those different um, prints in a quilt. She will show you. She has a gazillion beautiful um, patterns that, that really specialize in that. So she, of course, has a monthly planner, and this isn't dated, so it can start whenever you are ready for it. Um, but she's got these exercises. She's got so much in this that this is a, a planner that you're going to want to keep and use over and over um, and so that you can continue to, to journal your, your thoughts and your experiences with it and, and refer to um, a lot of the advice in it over and over. So she starts out with some journaling exercises called reflection exercises, talking about, you know, what were your favorite finishes um, over the last, you know, few months or the quarter of the year? Why were those your favorites? Now let's talk about the ones that were not your favorites. Why were those not your favorites? And this is to help you really to to dig into um, what are the quilts that really speak to your heart so that you make the quilts that are most reflective of, of you. And so I think that was really cool. She has you kind of um, go through your current organization systems. Is it working? Is it not? Um, what about your organization systems? Not just for your, like your sewing, but what about meal planning, cleaning, shopping, things like this? What's working? What's not? Um, what do these have in common? Um, she talks a lot about how to make lists and keep track and the different ways of keeping tracks keeping track of your quilting projects. Um, you know, what are your current works in progress? What do you feel like you are going to, what do you want to finish in the next month, quarter, year? What's a long-term project that you um, want to finish? You know, like it, it doesn't have to be done this year. This is like, for instance, I have a hand piecing project that's gonna take me many years to finish because it's a it's a big quilt, um, and so but I'm not making progress on it. And you know why? Because I'm not planning for it. And so that is um, one way, like bringing that to the forefront of my mind. I realize, oh, you know what? You have to work on stuff to finish it. <laughs> let's get that on my long term list, and let's schedule some time every week to plug away at that. Um, so she talks a lot about, um, yeah, just how to keep your momentum going. Um, a lot of information and advice about cleaning and organizing your sewing space. And if you have, if you read Sherry's blog and everything for her is called A Quilting Life, um, you will just see that her, she has a beautiful sewing space. It's well organized and she makes a lot of quilts. So she needs to be organized. So she, she totally knows what she's talking about. Um... Again, here's another section on monthly, quarterly, and yearly planning. Um, she has places for you to keep an inventory of, of fabric, of rulers, of patterns, things like that. Um, what else? There's so much in here. I mean, it's just, it's going to be one of those things that you're just going to go back to over and over again. Um, she even has a place to record your quilting heritage and your legacy like you know 
how, how did you get to where you are in, in your quilting journey? And that will be so fun for, for somebody else even to look at this later on. So, and then of course, in, in some ways, you know, <laughs> it's, it, is a, it is a project planner, but it is so much more because of what I just talked about. But then of course it has the place at the end to plan your projects, to, to you know, make the lists of what you have, what you need, um, what are the next steps that you need to take, all those things to help you keep the momentum on each of your projects. So anyways, this is, um, it's a delight. I'm gonna spend some quality time just figuring this out and and kind of record I'm kind of really looking forward to recording my uh, my quilting heritage because even though my mom who, who passed away over 30 years ago was not a quilter I feel very confident she would be right now <laughs> we would be having so much fun together sewing um, but she was a, a um, I want to say a seamstress she she made a lot of clothes she made curtains she made my prom dresses all that kind of stuff and um and so that's where i really learned uh, that sewing was a, a just a normal thing it was a good skill to have i was never scared about it um but i i feel like it would be fun to really journal that out and get that down on paper about the the legacy that my mom left me uh, about feeling you know very positively about sewing so again that is a quilting life planner and workbook highly highly recommend it i will put a link in the show notes if you want to see more on the knitting front i am still knitting on the elementary wrap it is going to take me a year to finish that thing um <laughs> I will link to it in case you guys are new and you don't know it, but a few of us here are knitting this very simple um, but wide and long wrap, aka large scarf, that's just stockinette. So it's knit, 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 knit for 120 stitches and then purl, 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 purl back. And um, what I learned, it's, it's the project that I took with me to my dad's. And what I find hilarious is um, I bought three skeins of yarn for this project and I was getting to the end of the first one so I brought the second one with me and I was there for two weeks and I I didn't knit every day but I knit a lot and and now I'm home and I've been knitting and I'm still on that last I'm still on the first skein there is something about I don't know why the the last part of this the, the Pearl Soho had caked it up for me but there's something about the this the interior part where I guess I thought, oh, I'm almost to the center, but it is never ending. I don't know when I am ever going to get to the end of this this skein and get to cast on the second one. So that's been kind of funny. Um, it was a great project for me to work on at my dad's as we were watching TV at night. But I realized I, I think I have really have terrible ergonomics um, when I knit probably when I do everything. But the, here's a little PSA for you. So I was struggling with my neck. And eventually my, my shoulder, my, I, my arm started to get numb and my wrist hurt. And I just realized that I think that it had a lot to do with how I was kind of sitting kind of half sideways um, as I was knitting. And um, I do think that I, the way I hold my wrist, I'm a continental knitter. And I do like that because you can knit a little faster. But there's something about the way I hold my wrist when I purl that I think is not great for it. So I do have to take lots of breaks. Um, so I did set that side for a while. But oh man, I hope by the next podcast I can tell you that I'm on to the second, <laughs> the second ball of yarn. Oh my gosh. So um, I also have a sock that I want to um, finish. And I've been watching some um, YouTube uh, knitter podcasts and... I feel like I really want to get, I want to knit a sweater. And I, I, I am 80% done with a sweater. And the second sleeve is not the same size as the first sleeve. And I'm realizing, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to rip that out this year. That'll be a 2022 um, project is to just rip out the sleeves, start over and finish a sweater for goodness sake. Because I really do, I love a hand knit sweater. So that'll be maybe a bucket list project for me for 2022. But I also just have to say that this is the time of year for handwork, whether it's knitting, hand piecing, hand quilting, which I'm also working on, um, or cross stitch, which is super, super hip right now. Another thing the Fat Quarter Shop has a lot of. Um, you know, it's just, it's the sit by the fire, watch the Christmas movies, um, be with the family kind of time of year. So um, I just encourage you to discover if you are the type of person that enjoys some kind of handwork and it, you know, it doesn't have to be hand piecing. It doesn't have to be knitting or crochet or whatever. There's lots of different forms of, of handwork. 
All right, let's move on to books. Um, so I had mentioned to you before, um, was when I was in college, my dad read Cain and Abel by Jeffrey Archer, which is this epic story of two um, men, well, or babies really, <laughs> that are born on the same day, one in extremely, uh, an extremely privileged life in Boston, and the other one in um, Poland in a, um, basically on a forest floor left to die. <laughs> so extremely different circumstances. And we just go back and forth with how they are raised and until their paths cross. And they um, basically become mortal enemies. And it is, um, it's, it's an awesome book. And so my dad gave it to me when I was in college and I got so into it, I couldn't put it down. I remember it was finals time. And that's when you're in college, I, the, the, one of the hardest things about being in college is you have to do so much reading that there's no time for pleasure reading. But somehow um, I got into this, maybe it was during Christmas or something. So I started the book, but then I'm going into finals and I was working and I remember it was dark and I left my office where I was uh, working just as a helper or whatever. And I just was, I so wanted to know, I was in the last few pages of this book and I wanted to know um, how it ended. I literally lived 10 minutes away, but I, I drove and I was, I guess I was thinking about it. I pulled into a parking lot under a, a light and I sat there in the car and finished this book. <laughs> <laughs> and it had such a great ending and um and I remember telling somebody like oh my god I just finished I finished the best book it's like the best book I ever read and they're like you're reading a book for pleasure during finals I'm like I know I know it's crazy but I had to know how it ended so anyways so that was my first Jeffrey Archer book um I don't love every Jeffrey Archer book but I do love most of them um including the ones I've talked about here a lot which is like the Clifton Chronicles um but I wanted an audiobook. I wasn't really sure what to what to pick. So I went over to Chirp, which is like Audible. Well, I don't know. It's not like Audible because with Audible, you have to buy these credits and stuff. Chirp has audiobooks. And um, sometimes like, you know, the new bestsellers, they are like, you know, what a bestseller one is, $24 or something. But they have a gazillion really good deals. So I just was flipping through the deals. And I was getting their emails for a while, but I'm just not going to buy an audiobook every day. So I, I got off those. But I went over there and I saw Cain and Abel for $2.99. Done. So that is the book that I listened to while I was at my dad's. And I was driving his Jeep around, grocery shopping and running errands for him and stuff. And um, I'm about halfway done. It's so fun to re-listen to this book that I, I haven't, you know, I read it, how old am I? Literally over 30 years ago. Scary. Um, so anyways, check out Chirp if you want audiobooks. I also obviously use, you know, Libby, um, which is, you know, to get them from your library for free. And I've done that a gazillion times, but you know, you just can't find everything there. Um, so I've... I'd, bought about maybe four books from Chirp, all, never more than $3, and I have enjoyed them all. So check that out. Um, and what the book that I'm reading, um, I've waited forever for this, it's called The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. You might know her. I've never read a Sally Hepworth book, but I know she's very popular. Um, I'm going to just reserve judgment right now because um, I'm not that far into the book. It seems good. You know, it's got to be a bestseller. It, it, it took me like six months or <laughs> some ridiculously long time to for it to come up um, on my uh, on my Libby list. And I'm a little worried about running out of time before I have to send it back because there's like a gazillion people waiting. So, um, but I thought I'd throw that out there for you. And then lastly, what I want to talk about, and I'm looking around for it right now. Hang on. Here it is. It is not a, um, a fiction book at all. It is a book called... The Art and Science of Drawing. Learn to observe, analyze, and draw any object. It's by Brett Eviston. And um, this book was sent to me uh, by the publisher. And I get a lot of, you know, offers to send, send books. And I don't usually accept them. But I've always wanted to learn how to draw. I am not talented in any way. I can't draw and I can't sing. And if I could change myself myself those are two of the things that I would change and apparently for both of them they are things that you can learn so I'm like okay I'm going to put this to the test because I do think that artistically even in quilting um, I, I wish I felt 
more confident in in drawing. When I was working with Minky and we did So Illustrated, I mean, I was just always blown away how she could just so easily draw, you know, in, in even a very simple or I want to say primitive way, you know, a, a, an adorable coffee cup or just a little scene of a shelf with a plant and a teapot. And, and I just have zero you know, capacity to do that. No, that's wrong. I can't say I don't I have zero capacity. I don't know how to do it now, but I'm going to learn. Um, so this book um, promises to teach me this. And I started out in chapter one where he talks about basic skills. I went out and bought an 18 by 24 inch um, drawing pad. Um, so I, I looked through the, the materials and that's the only thing I bought. I'm just going to use the pencils that I have, but they, he wants you to use a large pad like that so that you learn to draw with your whole arm and not just your hand and even teaches you like the right angle to put it at. And like, if you're drawing, you know, like a still life, you know, like where it should be placed in relationship to how you're sitting and, and drawing and where you're looking at it and eye level, all this stuff. So let me just kind of tell you a little bit about this book. They talk about basic shapes and volume, um, and they just have you do all these practice exercises uh, and just practicing 15 minutes a day. And it's like there's a, they give you little homework exercises like draw 100 circles, draw 100 ovals, draw 100 curved shapes, draw 100 straight-sided shapes, like just things... Um, that are very simple, but you know, just really getting the basics down. He talks about mindset and being forgiving. Um, and then he teaches you a lot about how to draw volume and, um, and how to break down, you know, like whatever you want to draw, um, how to break it down into its elemental shapes, how to draw lightly so that you can, you know, get those things, um, the proportions correct before you you really nail it down. So anyways, I will keep um, updating you on, on my progress with this, but this is also gonna be, I mean, we're still in November, we're still in 2021, um, but this is gonna be um, something that I'm gonna start and go through 2022 and keep you updated. And the fun part is there's going to be a lot of giveaways between now and the end of the year. And this book, um, the publisher has agreed to give away a copy too. So I will do a giveaway on this book as well. Let's move on to movies and TV shows. Um, just by the nature of what my life has been like the last few weeks, I kind of have a lot of these. So when I was at my dad's house, um, I do talk to my dad on a regular basis, you know, from home. And we at one point started talking about the Barefoot Contessa. I think it's because um, last year, in a little snit of not knowing what to cook, I reached out on the Facebook group and said, I need some new ideas. And one of the ideas that was given was was called the, the Ultimate Stew Recipe. And it was from Ina Gardner, the Barefoot Contessa. And it was so good. And I sent it to my dad and he made it and he loved it. I can't believe I didn't make it while I was there. But anyway, so we started talking about The Barefoot Contessa and he's like, have you ever seen the movie The Barefoot Contessa? It's one of my favorite movies. I'm like, I didn't even know it was a movie. And so that's the first night that I was there. We watched The Barefoot Contessa. And this movie has Humphrey Bogart and Ava Gardner, as well as a bunch of other people that you definitely know. Um, and it was delightful. It, well, I mean, honestly, it was sad. <laughs> it was delightful to share this with my dad is what it was. But it's um, a, a movie about a, a woman who is um, who's a singer and I guess eventually becomes an actress. And she she comes from very humble beginnings and really has to make sure that people in the business are not taking advantage of her. And obviously a lot of people do. It's kind of in a way, a little bit of a Marilyn Monroe type story of just this this beautiful, talented woman and how complicated that is in, in Hollywood. So anyways, I um, really enjoyed that. Now, one of the funny things about my dad is that he, well, he loves mysteries. He loves uh, detective shows just like me. And, um, although I gotta say that he, I don't remember him reading or, or I guess he read, he read the Travis McGee books by John D. McDonald when I was growing up. So I guess that was an indication, but I didn't remember him watching these types of things, but now he totally digs the, the Hallmark channel mysteries, which I had never watched one before, but they are all those super lightweight, cozy mystery, like novels that I like to read when I'm feeling stressed out. 
Well, this is what they are in, in movie form. You probably know this. I had just never watched one. So I'm like, okay, dad, hit me up. I let's, let's watch one of these. What are they like? And so we actually watched two. One was an Aurora tea garden. How about that name? Mystery. And that one has Candace Cameron Burr and the other one. And what is her deal? I can't even remember. It was early on. I can't remember what her, anyways, she's adorable. I'm trying to think of what her job is in that. And I got nothing right now. But the other one is uh, Hannah Swenson Mysteries. And that's played by Allison Sweeney. And hers are more uh, like she runs a bakery. It's like a bake shop type deal. And so um, I'm not going to say that they are great. But they were fun. Like if you are wrapping presents, like one of these little uh, cozy mysteries would, would be pretty fun. I think you have to have the Hallmark Channel for that, which I don't. Um, so anyways, those were really fun. He also introduced me to the Frankie Drake mysteries and, um, those, it's another one of these, there's so many good Canadian mysteries, so many good Canadian shows. So this takes place in 1920s Toronto where she, Frankie Drake is, Frankie Drake is a private investigator. Um, and that was a completely new show to me. And so that was, that was really fun. Um, so those were just like, you know, just your fun, lightweight, um, uh, little mystery shows. He's also completely into NCIS, which I had never watched. It's been on for 20 years, never watched it. I've watched many of them now. And, and that's, that was fun, but not going to be my new thing. Okay. But here's the, the show that I really want to tell you about. And it's one that my husband discovered because, um, I was gone so much and he started checking out new shows and it's on Netflix and it's called Repair Shop. Have you seen this? Okay. As a maker, you are going to completely appreciate this show. Um, it's in England and there's, they've got this repair shop with this thatched roof and people, um, I want to say it's like, it's like, uh, what's that called? The, uh, antiques roadshow. People bring in like these, these things that are meaningful to them, usually antiques or, you know, they're certainly old that need to be fixed. And so they bring them to this repair shop and you have these amazing craftsmen and artisans that are qualified to fix these things. We have people who do china repair, watchmaking, woodworking, upholstery, textile, um, painting, restoring, you know, fixing a painting. The first one I saw is like, it was a painting that had a hole in it and somehow they were able to, to fix this and clean it. Um, so we actually watched a few of these last night and my favorite one was somebody brought in a Royal Dalton. Um, I think they just called it like a plaque. So it wasn't a plate and a Royal Dalton is a China maker, right? But it was just something that was more decorative. It was a set of three It was that you'd hang on the wall and it had this beautiful um, blue print on it of a little girl holding a basket. You know, like you could picture it on a China plate, but it was a set of three and this one had been broken for like 57 years. <laughs> and so, um, and it had been, uh, someone had tried to mend it. So part of it was actually kind of scraping off all the super glue. And, um, and it was amazing to watch her fix this and to get it glued together. And then actually, um, you know, where, where a, something China has broken along what she kept with the break edge in some places they just, you know, things have chipped off. They don't, you know, quite fit together perfectly. Right. So she put, um, some sort of a, a filler there and there was a whole big chip on one side that she put a filler on that. And then she went in with paint and she matched that paint perfectly and was able to paint over the crack, you know, so that if you weren't looking for it, you would not notice it. I mean, if you were looking for it and you knew where that crack was, I mean, it wasn't 100% invisible, but it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Someone else brought in a, from the 60s, a swing chair that had this um, leather seat that had just fallen in, just rotted, fallen apart, that was all kind of um, held to the chair with grommets and then like a leather, um, like, I don't know, what's, what's the word for that? Like a, a small, a thin leather strip. And, um, and so they need, they wanted the, the, the leather, you know, part, part where you would sit replaced and the woman, you know, took, took it on like every, there's just a gazillion different people with their different specialties. And once she, I can really appreciate this. Once she was looking at it, she's like, okay, I didn't really think about how hard this was going to be because the, the 
pattern that she needed to make for this piece of leather, it was contoured so that there was a place for, you know, like where your rear end would be. It was a very complicated pattern and it was made of buffalo hide and and she and the upholsterer are literally feeding it through a juki, by the way, juki sewing machine, you know, and doing this top stitching, you know, just like one stitch at a time because you've got one shot at it. So many people kept saying this, this is a little nerve wracking because I've only got one shot to get this right. You know, so you are top stitching thick leather together. You, you can't unpick this. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, when they got to the end of one seam, she realized that she had like four inches of bobbin thread left. And she was just like, what would have happened if I had run out of bobbin thread in the middle of that? There's no going back, you know? So anyways, um, so that is called repair shop. And I, I do think it's just like, as a maker, you just appreciate um, what these people, the level of of skill that these people have and a level of patience and willing to do things that are super tedious and you know what it has gotten me thinking about i have a number of um i want to call them antique quilts vintage quilts i don't know i even have a quilt that that was given to us for our wedding that was hand pieced i didn't appreciate that for the longest time but a lot of these quilts that I have, they even come from my husband's grandmother, they are, they're wearing, you know, like patches that are, are coming undone, they're fraying, and it made me think, you know what, I should learn how to mend a, a finished quilt and to, to get in there and figure out, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how to do this. How do you get in there if you've got a patch that needs to come out um, because it's, say, too frayed? and you put a new piece of fabric in there, um, you know, how do you, how do you sew that from the outside? <laughs> you know, how do you get those seams uh, underneath? I, I, I don't think you do. I think you maybe have to just do a tiny whip stitch, but I'm going to figure this out. So if you have any idea about how to um, repair, you know, old quilts, or it could be a new quilt that just wasn't well made. I don't know. But if you know how to do that, I would love to learn how to do that. I am thrilled to welcome Silk and Sonder as a sponsor for the podcast. Silk and Sonder is a monthly journal subscription, and I have been using it for a few months now, and I'm completely in love. So to kind of let you know how this works is every month you get a new journal. So if you have ever started a journal and then kind of stopped and then felt like you had too many blank pages or whatever, you get a do-over every month. So every month is just whatever you want to make it. Also, every month has a theme. So in October, it was patience and November is compassion. And what's fun about that is that they have journaling prompts that kind of center around that, um, that theme. Here, I've got my November journal here, and it starts out with reflections of the previous month, your intentions for that month. And what's cool ab about these journals is that there are similar, similar elements that you, we, we carry um, from month to month, but then the, the there are different elements. So there's always a surprise. There's a coloring page that's different. There's different prompts. There's just different elements from month to month as well. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And what I've really learned is that I get the most benefit from it when I get into it every day. I work a little on the journal prompts. I do a little bit of a bullet point um, um, like diary of things that happened that day. There's a place that could be a to-do list, but I use it for just a, a, a nice little um, diary of the day, and so, which means that I'm going to keep all these, these journals. And I think that it'll be really fun to go back to them annually. And um, it helps me to stay on track. There's a, there are weekly planning pages. So you can, um, you know, put your intentions up for the week out there and then you can just check in on them on a daily basis. But, you know, when I, the week that I went to my dad's, I was a little bit, um, you know, things were a little bit scattered that week and I skipped that week and I kind of felt it, but it was no big deal to just jump in the next week. So there's like sort of no pressure. And then the December one's going to be here before we know it. So anyways, um, loving that they're having a, um, a annual supplement right now so that if you want to kind of plan your year that's another way to do that but um, I have a code for 15% off and it is she 15 s-h-e 15 I'll put a link in the show notes you never have to like have to write this stuff down it'll be in the show notes and I encourage you to check it out and it'll help you make 2022 you know the year that you want it to be to help you stay on track
Okay, so some things that I've just been loving that um, that you might want to consider as you're kind of making your own Christmas list. Last year, I talked about Vionic slippers. Um, I feel like when we get to a certain age, everyone starts having a little trouble with their feet. We've got bunions, we've got issues, um, and we all need better arch support. So when I started having some real problems now, it's been a year with, with my feet, and the podiatrist said, you need to always have something with arch support. Your days of being barefoot are over. I got some Vionic slippers, and here in California, this is when I pull them out again. I don't, you know, I think in some places you could wear them all year, but man, I am loving them. I'll put a link in the show notes. They're a little bit pricey, and this is the other thing that I've learned um, that, yeah, that my Christmas list from now on will be just pricey shoes because I have learned you have to spend out according to your weakness. My feet are my weakness, so I need to buy, I can't wear cheap char- Target shoes anymore. That, those days are over. So I have, um, I've been wearing these Vionic slippers, I've had them for a year and just completely loving them. And apparently, um, Vionic has lots of good shoes. They have some dress shoes. They have, um, there are Vionic flip-flops too, um, which I should look into at some point. So that's just, it's a good brand if you have issues with your feet. The other brand of shoes that, um, I have come to terms with paying the money for is Birkenstock. And they might not be your style. I didn't think they were my style, um, but I did buy a pair. Oh gosh, I guess it was in the summer of the the Arizona, like the the typical Birkenstock look. And I thought I, I always thought they were ugly. I did have a kind of a cuter pair of Birkenstock sandals, um, but they they kind of went through the toe. But I realized I needed a pair of sandals. I couldn't wear the Vionic slippers during the summer, I needed a pair of in-house Birkenstocks that were just to wear around the house that wouldn't make my feet sweaty. So I decided to try the standard, you know, it's called the Arizona style. I did find a color called stone that's gray that um, I felt like just made the whole thing not so like, uh, so obvious. And people, those are my very favorite shoes. They are no longer the in-house Birks. They are the everywhere in the world Birks because they are so comfortable. If you have issues with your feet, Birkenstocks might be the, the answer. And they are coming up with super, with cuter, with cuter styles. So now that I'm wearing that, those all the time, you know, that did that through the, the spring and summer. And now we are into the fall and going into winter. And I found, I just got a new pair of, they're called um, the Buckley the Birkenstock Buckley, and they look like a loafer in the front, but they're actually a clog, so they don't have a back. And um, I was, you know, served an ad on Facebook <laughs> for these shoes in gray, gray leather. So I guess these have been around for a while in suede and then with like a shearling, like the uh, inside, which would be great if you live someplace really cold, which I don't, but they have natural, uh, like a leather, so not suede, gray. And they've been out of stock forever. Uh, Birkenstocks finally told me we have them, so I ordered them. You, I just slip, slip my feet into those. I'm just like, oh my gosh, these feel so good. So these will be my shoes that I wear with jeans when I go out. Um, so, and they are pricey. They're like $140. They're going to be my Christmas present um, because I just, you know, I'm loving them. And um, now all my, I'm getting all my kids hooked, hooked on Birkenstocks. And my husband, who does not appreciate expensive shoes, is not appreciating this. Um, it, it, so for last year, my expensive Christmas shoe gift was the Sandsgren clogs, wooden clogs made in Sweden, handmade. I mean, and I love those shoes. I love those shoes. Um, they do have a wooden, um, you know, whatever is it called, footbed. So um, they are not the kinds of shoes that I can wear for hours um, because they, they're not, because of the type of foot, I have a neuroma, I have a nerve issue in one of my feet. Um, I, I can wear them for, you know, going shopping or whatever, no big deal. But if I'm going to be on my feet for eight hours, they're not going to be the shoes that I, they fit. That, that, that they're not right for that, but for me, um, but so, so the Vionics, the Burks, and uh, my Sandsgren clogs are all shoes that um, are expensive, but worth it, totally worth it. Um, the other thing that took me forever to really spend a little money on myself um, is the is a, a new blow dryer. So, you know, I have curly hair, I've kind of gone the curly girl style, um, 
And, but sometimes I don't want to, sometimes I want my hair to be like smooth. And especially I struggle with getting the back of my hair looking really good. So there's this blow dryer called the Revlon volumizing hair dryer. And I had a hair dryer like this when I um, was like in middle school. I didn't even know they still made them, but it's a round brush built onto the hair dryer. And you do have to be careful because you, it can get pretty hot. Um, and there are more expensive versions of these like this, the, the brand, um, I think it's called Lange has, has one of these, but I just went for the Revlon one that I bought on Amazon. They also have them at Target. And um, so it's a blow dryer with a, it's just with a round brush built in and I can give myself a blowout. Like I just walked out of the salon in like 10 minutes, especially my hair's not too long right now. Um, and it really gives me that awesome, you know, kind of volume in the back that I'm looking for. So that has been like my, it it cost about $60, I think. Um, but I'm super glad that I, you know, there, there are certain things that I need to get over <laughs> myself about spending money on, but then have no regrets. This was one of them. AirPods are another one that I wasn't even planning on mentioning. AirPods are the best. They just are. So enough said about that. But while we're talking about things you can get at Target, um, I just bought some new shampoo and conditioner for like purple shampoo and conditioner. So if you've got that hair that's, you know, like me, that's going gray or white or whatever, and it can kind of get that uh, blondy brassy look to it, that's what purple shampoo and conditioner counter. And um, I've talked before about uh, Dressed for My Day um, is a blog and a YouTube channel um, for women over 50 and she has lots of great information but she talked about this this line called hair biology that you get at Target you can only get it at Target and so I had to go give it a try so I've been using the purple purple shampoo um, it, I find really drying so I was using the brand Pureology um, after a while I just I didn't think my hair could handle the drying elements of that so I switched to the Pureology purple conditioner they're like 35 or 40 dollars for a bottle i mean it's kind of crazy so this hair biology is um at target for ten dollars so you know each thing is is ten dollars um the shampoo the conditioner and then there's also like a an oil that you could put on it now i have dry hair and um i've used been using this for a little while now and it's not drying when i put that conditioner on my hair and rinse it out it's like so soft i'm just like my hair loves it so if you're kind of in that you know that time of your life definitely check that out um, I'll put a link in the show notes um, not an affiliate just loving it what else um, another thing that would be kind of a treat is the Sunday basket I've talked about the Sunday basket many times it costs like a hundred bucks like it might be 97 but it's so worth it and it's it's worth it that that system of uh, a productivity and organization you can go back through some other of my uh, episodes. I've talked about it many times, but it is a way of um, deferring decisions about running your home until one set time that you sit down during the week. I do it on Saturdays. This woman who made it does it on Sundays. And it helps you to batch decisions and buying. So you just get on there, order all the things you want from Amazon at one time. You fill all your prescriptions. You pay all your bills and check in on your statements and um and make some time to make progress on some of your longer term goals like for me that's uh, a bathroom renovation project or for instance um, buying gifts um, planning for christmas planning for thanksgiving things like that so um and i do feel like at a hundred dollars it's a little bit of an extravagance but there's something about having the actual system that that really makes you do it because it's actually, it's not just the system. When you buy the Sunday basket, um, you get uh, videos and you get access to all kinds of resources to help you make the most of it and figure out the mindset behind it. So completely loving that. Um, the other thing that I have absolutely adored and I'm drinking now out of my cute little Lori Holt tumbler is um, the SodaStream. It's the, the sparkling, making your own sparkling water. I wasn't sure that that was going to be worth it when I asked for it for Mother's Day a couple years ago, but it is absolutely one of my favorite things. I use it every single day and it helps me drink more water. So if you've been thinking about, I mean, they, there's probably sales everywhere. I don't know. Um, but the soda stream has definitely been one of those things that felt like an extravagance, but has been completely, um, completely worth it. 
What else is on this list? Um, oh, obviously, Olive and June. Olive and June. I know, I know, I talk about, I can't believe I'm into nail polish. Um, but that has been a game changer for me for, for actually getting my, just my nails and my cuticles into good shape. I'm like such a, I'm such a snob about my cuticles now. And they have this cuticle serum that I keep on my desk. I use it five times a day. And it has just like solved my, my, you know, just yucky hangnail <laughs> type problems that I was having with, um, with my nails before. So again, it seems like an extravagance. I know through the pandemic, I was like, I'm not going to pay whatever it was. I don't even remember $60 to do this. But um, I, I used a, a 20% off code from another podcaster actually at the time and completely now realize this is so worth it. it there's so much packed into the, the Manny system. Now I have the Petty system, which I bought with my own money. They didn't send it to me. Um, and I feel like I, I will still, my kids will probably give me um, like a, a gift card to go get my toes done. <laughs> for Christmas because that's a typical present and that is its own level of self-care but I'm so glad that I know I have the the tools and the know-how how to do those things now so for yourself or if you've got if you're looking for a gift for um your daughter sister-in-law sister mother mother-in-law whatever the the whole kit it comes so beautifully packaged um, and then you just have all the tools to give yourself these great manis or petties. So completely loving that. So those are just like all my kind of things that you, if you listen to me all the time, you know that these are things that I actually use <laughs> and do love, but kind of all in one place. So um, are you guys doing your, your, are you into your Christmas shopping yet? I'm only um, just started to dip my, my toes in there. Um, but I need to get I need to get going on that. As the kids get older, it's like it gets I don't know. It's easier and harder at the same time. The gifts get more expensive, um, but you know, and and we do give each other good lists. But I always want there to be a surprise in there, and um, that's the part that I find a little bit stressful. I love to give gifts, but I find it a little bit stressful. So before we go, I would like to say thank you to Butterfly911, who left absolutely the sweetest review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one of these reviews, so thank you so much for that. Um, if, uh, if you feel so inclined, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google, however you listen to the podcast, rate and review it. Um, it helps other people find it and um, helps the podcast to grow so that we can just keep spending this time together. Well, that's it for this episode. As always, you can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, where you will find extensive show notes and links to everything that I talk about on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And there's going to be many uh, giveaways during this month. So definitely check that out. And uh, consider joining the private Facebook group, Simple Handmade Every Day, so that we can keep the conversation going. Have a great week.